Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? How's it going? How are you? How's your uh, How's your foot? What's going on with your uh, hand? What's happening with your head? Did you get the stitches out? Are you losing it? How long before the blue cities fall? What's happening? Everybody okay in your blue city where you're afraid to talk? How's it going? Texas? What a shit show. What a fucking nightmare. What a free-for-all. What a fascist playground. Everything transcends coincidence. How is that the home to the new tribalized anti-progressive comedy movement and the place that completely diminishes and abolishes women's health care rights and the place that just made it okay to carry a gun even if you don't know how to fucking use it? Go to Texas. Learn how to be... An open-hearted fascist willing to fucking hurt anybody and anything that annoys you or gets in your way. Welcome to the theocratic shit show that is Texas. But it's not even that. It's just psycho-libertarian, pure, full-on, anti-progressive fascism. Hey, but man, Austin's a blue city. Who cares? No one should be spending a dime in that dump. Hey, but man, you know, it's like there's still good meat. You know what I mean? There's still a lot of good barbecue. Not a dime. Give to Planned Parenthood. Figure out how you can help if there is any help to be had. Anyway, aside from that. Today on the show, Sashir Zameda is here. Uh, she was a uh, cast member on Saturday Night Live after a very rare uh, and intense, very public auditioning process. And since she left SNL, she's been doing stand-up voiceovers, the podcast Best Friends with Nicole Byer, the ABC show Home Economics, the Hulu show Woke, and uh, ambassador work for the ACLU, Busy Person, And we had tried to talk at another time, and this is the time it happened. It was very nice to talk to her. It was a a good chat. How is it going, man? Was it too negative an opening? Was I too intense up top? I'm getting I'm getting edgy. I'm getting callous. 
but I'm working, you know. I'm going out there and I'm doing the comedy every night, and it's been great to uh, hang out with the uh, other comics. It's just there's this haunted feeling, and I really don't want to, you know, be negative, and I and I do find day to day hope. But lately, what I've been doing is I recently just pulled myself off of the task of doing Instagram lives because I just and I I really don't do any Twitter. I'm not on Facebook at all. And then I you know I can at least see what my life really looks like. But then you have to check in with the news to see, you know, the progress of the collapsing democracy and the progress of our uh eroding and uh violently dangerous environmental collapse. That seems to be those are the two things. That that's all the news right there. You know, how are we going to survive environmentally in the future? And will we all be killed by our neighbors? Is that too dark? Well, I, I've got some I, I got some happier stuff. I do. I, I Things are okay. You know, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow for a checkup, you know, because I, I I'm, I'm having a little difficulty with my diet. I told you about uh, the Largo performance now. The guy who works with Jimmy Vivino as his guitar tech is this guy, Barry Skills. Great guy. He's been helping me with my guitars, getting everything in shape. Well, he also does tech work, guitar stuff, and kind of road road tech work uh, for Patti Smith. And he told me Patti Smith was going to be playing out at Pappy and Harriet's in the desert in Joshua Tree. And I've been there once with Dean just to get food. So I kind of knew where it was, but I've never seen a show out there. So I asked Barry, I said, look, man, do you think I could go see Patty? She's just doing this trio thing with her bass player and her son, and they go through the catalog, and it's nice. I hear sometimes she reads some poetry, but I always like seeing Patty Smith, and I've only seen her once, and it was amazing. So I asked Barry, I asked Skills, can you think I can get in there? And he's like, I don't know, I got to check. And then I'm like, should I just ask Patty? And I don't, look, I have guests on here, and uh, you know, I don't ever pester them or follow up, but I happen to have her number and I have not really talked to her since a day or two after she did the show, but I just said, fuck it. You know, end times I texted Patty and I said, Hey, can I go to the show with my friend Kit? And she's like, uh, let me check. And then she's like, no problem. And then out of nowhere, she says, you know, Barry says that you play guitar. Do you want to sit in on, uh, the you know people have the power and i'm like what i don't what so in my experience with this type of thing my impulse is to say yes but then that's hijacked by my impulse to realize like if i say yes i'm not going to be able to enjoy the show i'm going to start worrying now two days ahead of the of the show uh and i'm going to freak out and it's just going to be panic all the way up until the moment i get on stage and then i'm going to hate myself for nothing uh for you know fucking up a chord or a note or not doing it right and uh, the entire experience is going to be selfish and stupid and i'll just collapse into myself in a a weird tornado of insecurity uh that uh does nothing but make me want to disappear oddly uh the tornado and the disappearing thing happens at the same time i i have an amazing balance I don't know if it's a Libra thing, but my empathy for human beings is matched only by my contempt. So I thought it through, though, and after my recent experience on stage, I was like, you know what, dude, just go have fun. You know, just play the song, learn the song. I said, yes, I'll play. 
So I learned the song. Uh, it's on acoustic. I get out there. And I got to be honest with you, folks. Uh, I, I used to be jealous of the people who uh, got on it and bought homes in Joshua Tree because there's always part of me that thinks, like, well, that'd be nice to have a place out in the desert or have a place anywhere. But then I think about when I'm not there, which would probably be most of the time, what's going to be happening with the place and why do I have it? But anyway, all these hipsters that moved out there to live among the desert hippies and uh, off the gritters and true lizard people, you know, with their hipster skirts and their hipster haircuts and their sleeve tats and whatnot, and their three places to get coffee and their uh, Airstream trailers, all these people that moved out there, I don't know, man, seems like the environmental axe is coming down, and I hope you enjoy the desert so much to the, to the degree that in about two years, it's probably going to be about 145 degrees in the summer out there, so... Enjoy Joshua Tree. Enjoy that piece of property when it's 157 out and your air conditioner doesn't work and you're wondering why you're always thirsty as you try to get to your car, your Land Rover, or your classic vehicle. Wow. Why do I got to hurt people? Why? Just enjoy life, man. Just take it in. So I get out there to Pappy and Harriet's. And I get out there early. And uh, and it was like during Gloria, Skills told me to get ready, get on the side of the stage. And it was dusty there. And it almost rained. It was one of those nights where it was fucking kind of mystical and weird. So I get up there, get ready to go on. They call me up. And Skills throws a guitar at me. And I'm in it. And I was in it. And it was great. And uh, I was just hanging out up there with Jackson, playing for Patti Smith on The People Have the Power. And it was uh, moving. I and I, I just, I, I adore her, and she's always amazing. And it was an amazing experience. But, and I, and this is a small but. As great as it was, we all leave the stage, and they all get into a car. So that means I'm just there, realizing that was the closer. We're not going back. I'm not going back. My guitar is in there, and people are going to be leaving in a flurry out of the desert. So I had to think fast, you know, and I tell kid, I'm like, just hang out. And I run back in to the outdoor venue, I guess you would call it. I, I, I run across the stage in front of it. I say, I get my guitar from skills. I'm like, give me the guitar, my guitar, man. Good job. Thanks. And I run and and I just grab kit and I'm like, we got to get out of here, man. They're all staying. We got to get out of here. So I ran to the car, which is parked in a good place. And I threw the guitar in the car and we just bolted and we got out ahead of the crowd and again and i've talked about this before i talked about it at this about the stones concert on my special but there's nothing more gratifying than like doing that thing where where you know you just act impulsively and you you you're on top of it and you avoid something that could be it this is i wouldn't say traumatic but annoying and we just got out ahead of it. It was like hit and run, man. And we we're out and we were on the road. And I had gotten into my head that, you know, tonight's the night we're having an In-N-Out Burger. And we stopped and we had In-N-Out Burger, got out under the wire, played with Patti Smith. That was the, it, it was the whole arc of experience. Knowing that I could do it and le- learning the song and being in it, being present for it, not being freaked out enjoying being on stage with Patty and her people, getting off, freaking out, grabbing guitar, getting out ahead of the traffic, onto the road, and stopping at an In-N-Out Burger and just inhaling a double-double. Now, out of those three things, equally as exciting. The Patty Smith part, the most memorable, life-changing thing. In-N-Out Burger, 
didn't feel great about it, but while it was happening, awesome. Getting out ahead of traffic, that was a rush. Big night, drug-free fun. And thank you, Patty, for having me. So right now it's uh, it's time to talk to Sashir Zameda. Uh, as I said before, she was uh, uh, on Saturday Night Live and she had this very dramatic process getting on it. Uh, you might know her from uh, the show Woke. Uh, she's also on the ABC show Home Economics. She has a podcast called uh, Best Friends with Nicole Byer. Now she's on my podcast talking to me right now. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. So you you just moved recently? In April, yeah. Oh, so have you gone through all your shit? Yeah, actually, I like had like a couple months where I could unpack a ton of stuff, and then. Then I had to leave and shoot in Atlanta for two months. Wow! So is it wild to go through shit? Yeah. Like I like it. it I don't know how much um, stuff gets sent to your podcast. Yeah, a, a bit. Right. Yeah. They, but do, where do they send it? PO box. They were sending it to Earwolf for a while, and, oh. and then now they'll send it to a PO box. But they, they didn't know your house address. No, I try not to have anyone know my house address. <laughs> it's hard to keep it hidden. Yeah. I'm trying my hardest. Yeah, you. I, I did too. Yeah. I, and then I fucked up. Yeah. Because I built this out, mm-hmm. this thing. I built this, uh, this was a garage room and then I had to make it like an apartment. Yeah. Which it is. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I got the permit in my name as opposed mm. to the trust or what. Yeah, I bought my uh, house in a trust. Yeah. I tried to use my P.O. box for everything. Yeah. So, I'm, so you're I hope, still hidden? Hope, so, so, so far, I'm sure someone will figure it out, but I'm, I'm hoping. But then I started doing live Instagram lives from my porch, so uh, I might as well just advertise. I mean, truly. Yeah. yeah. May as well just be in front yeah. of the cross street. Yeah. Well, they, now they know. <laughs> yeah. Now I just have to trust them. Yeah. I have to trust that the, the weirdos are not going to be down. dangerous ones. I know. Hopefully. Yeah. How, do you have any dangerous weirdos? Bad question. So far, not Good. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was living in New York, this guy frequented a, a variety show I used to host. Oh, and yeah. I could recognize his laugh. So oh, I yeah. would like hang back and make sure I didn't run into him. Yeah. And then one day he found me at a different show that I wasn't even hosting. And it was my birthday. And oh, he. Happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> and he brought a plush 
Starship Enterprise because uh-huh. my name's from Star Trek. So he was like, "Oh, you would like the Star Trek reference." He was like, "Happy birthday!" So wait, so it's from Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. My parents were Trekkies. They were. Are they still? Yeah, still are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they still watch. Do they um, watch the Baby Yoda one? Or that start, just, that's Star man, Wars. That's yeah, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, Star Trek. Be different. so upset. That I'm you such said a. That. I'm such not a nerd. <laughs> wow, that's wild. Yeah, they were so, like. Uh, they actually, I didn't get the full story till recently. That they were on a wine tour. I didn't realize. Um, in uh, in California. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they were drunk watching Star Trek and. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk on wine, yeah, watching as, Star Trek as you do. Mm. And uh, Captain Kirk was flirting with this alien princess, and she and he gives her a flower, yeah. a rose, right. And also the title of the episode was by any other name. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. she goes, "Oh, we have something like this on my planet, except it's made out of crystal, and it's called Sashir." Wow. Yeah. And that was it. And that was it. They wrote that down, and, and that that's the only place that name exists. Well, I mean, if you looked it up, was it a made up thing by a writer? Yeah. Well, that I mean, in that context. But there are people who have the name Sashir, like when Facebook started and it was just college students. I was the only Sashir. Yeah. But then when they expanded to other people, it was like me and like a bunch of Indian men. So so there are there are other Sashirs out there. (laughs) I wonder if that's the source of the name. Probably. Maybe it started in India. Maybe. I have, an, I have an India issue right now related to smells. It's, uh, I don't know. I Someone sent me a, a bar of uh, Ayurvedic Indian soap. Ooh. It's a brand. They have, yeah. it's, I can't remember the name of the brand. So I'm like, all right, yeah. this might be nice. I opened it and I put it in my bathroom. The entire house smells like an Indian spice store now. Oh, interesting. I guess. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I think I might like that though. <laughs> it's pretty. It's all right. I, I mean, it's a nice smell. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's supposed to do or mean. I don't know what Ayurvedic soap does. Yeah. But I don't, I don't either. know. Do you like uh, what? I, are we talking about soaps now? I guess so. I do. I do like soaps. <laughs> <laughs> like different smelly soaps. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I've also seen um, lots of Ayurvedic things yeah. online where it's like massages or right. or facials or like and the, food and food, yeah. which is like. I mean, they're onto something. I don't know. It's a it's a ty- it's a discipline of some sort. I yeah. can't. I don't know what religion it comes from or or what the source of it is. But it, yeah, it's a it's a holistic approach to life. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what people do. That's what I was thinking about that because your podcast. I'm thinking about podcasts because I do a podcast. But it's like, I think most people do whether they want to or not, or whether they think about it or not, are doing lifestyle podcasts. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Oh, for sure. Everyone wants to know how everyone's living. But yeah, and like, how are you doing? And are you doing it better than me? And how can I do it like you? Do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Like when you guys do the podcast, when you do the show, is it? Do you have an approach where you're like? Because I, I didn't realize it until recently. I mean, I talk about stuff, and I just started doing a another podcast. Uh, I do a podcast with my friend Dean. Mm-hmm. But whether you know it or not, once you start talking about your life, people are listening to it yeah. for life things. Yeah. We actually don't plan anything, which we, maybe we should one day. But it's like, you know, it's called Best Friends. So, and Nicole and I are best friends. You we, are really best friends? We are actually best friends. Yeah. And you and you can work together and still be best friends? Yeah. That's I know. Good. It's, I feel really lucky. It's like not common. <laughs> but how often do you record? Um, we try to bank episodes. So like every couple of weeks we'll do Oh, a so it's ever episodes. Oh, that's good. All right. Yeah. Well, I see. So you're not wearing out the friendship by Yeah, doing only every week. No. Conversing publicly? <laughs> no, do you still <laughs> socialize privately? Oh, yeah. Actually, yesterday we recorded for 2 hours and then I we had dinner last, last night. And so. said nothing. <laughs> yeah, they're like I'm I have I ran out. <laughs> Actually, it's it's crazy. Nicole's the only person yeah. like 
when we lived in New York, we spent so much time together because we would like go to auditions together. We would do UCB together. We would do improv shows at night together. And then we'd get dinner together. And then we'd go home and call each other on the phone. Like we were uh, very obsessed with each other. So That's um, sweet. Yeah. Doesn't she have some kind of food show on the air now? Nailed it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. She's actually nominated for an Emmy for that. Oh. I just see the billboard. Yeah. I didn't see the show. The billboard yeah. seemed funny. But yeah. it's one of those things where because I'm getting old and I don't pay attention to everything, almost every billboard on Sunset, I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> who's the one-named guy who's playing in Vegas? <laughs> yeah. They're always DJs. But I saw her billboard. Yeah, yeah. What's, that, what's the angle on that? It's a competition show. Like the opposite of like a regular composi- competition. Like people... There's like novices, people who are not necessarily chefs or bakers, and they're all trying to bake replicas of an actually good cake. Oh, so it's going to be funny. It's funny, yeah. (laughs) So they make really bad cakes, and then she makes fun of it, and it's great. Uh, Can't can't lose with amateurs trying to do something (laughs) that they can't really do. Yeah. Do you cook? I don't. I don't. It doesn't bring me joy. I love to eat. But yeah. I don't. Oh, I don't really like the process of cooking. Yeah, I'm in the. I'm in the. I'm in the midst of a a, a, a sort of a food shame spiral. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just start, if I go work on the road, eventually, you know, when I get home, I'm just like, pizza's okay. <laughs> yes. It's not okay. It's never okay. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's not okay, though. Yeah. During the pandemic, I feel like I did a really good job of eating, trying yeah. to eat vegan. You did? Yeah. We'll try. How'd you do that? They brought it in? Your boyfriend cooked vegan? No. I Well, he cooked for us, but I ordered purple carrot. Oh, yeah. It was What's like that? a It's like a meal service, okay. like HelloFresh, okay. right. but yeah. just vegan food. Right. Got it. Um, but then I started thinking about carbs, and now that I have too much carbs, it's like, there's always a thing. Or it's Too much like, carbs in the vegan. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta um, have something. What yeah. were you doing for protein? See, it's a lifestyle show. Yeah. <laughs> what was I doing for protein? I don't know. I was just trusting the box. I was yeah. like trusting whatever they had in here. I was yeah. like, I hope it's in here. They know what they're <laughs> they doing. They know what's up. They're, they're the, professionals. <laughs> but then, yeah, now that the world's back open and I was shooting in Atlanta for two months and then everything went out the window. What were you shooting down there? Woke. Woke season two. Uh, I watched a few of those. It's funny. Yeah, I like thanks. it. Yeah, I like it too. You guys are great. What's that guy's name? Lamorne Morris? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, the whole thing's kind of funny. Yeah. I, I, I like to, I just watched parts of the first season, but I it's I don't watch a, a lot of television for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I like the, uh, when, when you know, it's a self-aware show. Yeah. You're not trying to make some sort of reality frame. It's mm. like he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, there's elements of like him hallucinating and the, I like it. It was funny. I yeah. got, I, I thought it was a good show. Well, thank you. Where we, did, which studio were you shooting down there? We were in, Aria Studios. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Tyler Perry's old studio, his old place. Yeah, the old, the uh, leftovers, <laughs> <laughs> the remnants. Do you like? I was in Atlanta for a couple weeks doing the Aretha movie. Oh, nice. And uh, did you do any comedy? Did you go I over did, to the Vortex? I didn't actually, even though we oh. were very close. I like. It's hard for me to split my brain, like when I'm shooting, yeah. and be like, oh yeah, now I also need to think about performing. I mean, not entirely, but I think because there was such a long break where I wasn't on stage. Anytime I had a show, like my anxiety would start spiraling. Like old time, like yeah. old timey anxiety, like from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, uh, was I ever funny? Do yeah. I, do, how do I say words yeah, do again? I, do and I, know then how I to do this? Yeah, but yeah. then I do it, and it's like, oh, of course, it's fine. But yeah, just the lead up to it would just be like a little much. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I when I was during the pandemic, I really I was like, nah, maybe I don't need to do it anymore. Like I didn't miss it. Yeah. I, I was like, maybe maybe I'm okay now. I don't need to. <laughs> rely on strangers to you yeah. know to make me feel loved or uh, accepted yeah but as soon as people started doing it i'm like Fuck, i know down. gotta get back out there i know so where'd you grow up 
I grew up in Indianapolis, mostly. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around a bunch. But Air Force. M- most of my life was in Indi- Indianapolis, Indiana. Is that a good city? Yeah, yeah. Is it? So you really think of it as home? Like you? I do. Yeah, my mom's still there. My brother, most of her side of the family They're all there. there. They're all there, yeah. It's hmm. kind of like become now that like our our spot because everyone's moved from other places to indianapolis i don't have a real sense of it but i used to do gigs up there Mm -hmm. there was a a, there was the comedy what was it called there was one downtown Um, and then there was one out in broad ripple was morty's no not morty's yeah uh, uh, crackers right yeah there was a crackers downtown a crackers and broad ripple and chicken patty used to run it and they used to put us up at this like halfway house this <laughs> horrendous <laughs> residence that they owned yeah oh it was, it was like back in the day of like the worst kind of comedy condo like there was literally police lines you know like you yeah. was like what happened here <laughs> but uh so my memories are a little a little hazy right 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 i go to bloomington though to work i sometime. love bloomington yeah you, do you go out there to do the comedy attic ever? yeah yeah i like it a lot it's a good yeah. space jared yeah jared yeah it's great space yeah it's small yeah really get work done for sure yeah it's a great place to work stuff out and i've always had good shows there so you grew up there and you have a lot of brothers and sisters just one brother how's that guy he's good he's still in indianapolis he's an artist um painter kind of everything like Uh, graphic stuff he paints he sculpts um he's still in school so he's still trying to figure out what the next step is oh really i'm trying to like push in the animation and be like we can do something together right yeah we'll practical see. be practical yeah, be, be a practical, practical artist <laughs> yeah. make a living at it i mean that'd be nice <laughs> yeah but he's great and when when you started doing performing stuff did you uh i, I noticed on, on the resume that before i forget that you did the finding your root show i did i did that too oh yeah yeah what'd you find jews <laughs> It's a long line of Jews. Yeah, a lot of Jews. All yeah. the way back. Yeah. He found he was very excited. He was like, We've never gone this far back uh with this particular strain of Jew. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. What'd you find? Slaves. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two ways. Jews and slaves for yeah, us. There yeah. There was a thing that did rock my world. So um one of my ancestors created a town, Fargo, Arkansas. And it still exists. Really? Yeah. There's like a great exodus from south carolina and then he made his way to arkansas and just like bought a bunch of land and after the civil war yeah huh. and uh and created this community and what happened to it Did, was there a historical horror to it, it probably was we but, didn't discuss that in the show <laughs> it probably was it just seems like the the black experiment with building towns doesn't always, doesn't always go, well, go well for sure <laughs> well it's nice that it's still there yeah so but indianapolis your dad's a, was he a big shot in the air force Kind of, yeah. He would like he first he did something with planes. I can't remember, but he, does he fly? He doesn't fly. Um. I think he he like he was very. Um, it's interesting. Like I guess he doesn't come off as artsy, but he was always interested in like TV stuff. So he would like edit videos on how to like work the plane or like training sessions and stuff. Right. And then he was a part of Combat Camera, which I think was like kind of editing these newsletters of like stuff that was happening overseas. Okay. And then he taught a lot. He taught at the defense school in, in Maryland. In Colorado? Oh, in Maryland. Yeah. There's an Air Force Academy of some kind in Colorado, I know. Like yeah. In a mountain or something. Yeah. Seems a little uh, secretive and weird. Ooh. I, I but, don't know anything about it. <laughs> but Maryland is where he yeah. yeah. But yeah, we like, 
Moved around a bunch when I was younger. I was born in Japan, in Okinawa, Japan. Do you remember it? I don't. We moved you, when I was like 10 months old. Uh, so. Have you been there? Have you been back? I haven't. I, I want to. Don't you want to go to Japan? I would love to. Yeah. I want to see, amazing. My, see my roots. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with it, but apparently not enough to travel. <laughs> yeah. I find that with a lot of things. Like I, I, India seems really fascinating to me, but like, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going. One day. I mean, you I have India in your bathroom right that's now. That's right. So it's you, a, you don't need to pervasive. go anywhere. Well, that's why I always feel like an asshole because. I, I'm interested in India, but people ask me why. It's so like the food, the bread is so good, and that's got to be insulting on some level. <laughs> like, there's so much more yeah. here. Oh yeah, <laughs> horrible class strife, <laughs> disease. You know, like uh, I, I mean, there, it's. I'm sure it's beautiful, but it's it's a little fraught. Right, right, right. right. But me, I'm just sort of like the bread. <laughs> but that bread, <laughs> it's got to be great. <laughs> so, and you ended up. Uh, when did you start performing? I started, well, I kind of always performed. I was always in musicals and choir. And, and when you were in, a kid? When I was a kid, yeah. I was in my church choir since I was like nine. What kind of church? A uh, Baptist church. Full-on Baptist? Not full-on Baptist. We could like Mild wear pa- we could wear pants and jewelry and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mild ba- Baptist. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and it was nice. It was like, uh, I feel like my mom didn't really care that much about the religion aspect. I mean, maybe she does. I don't know. But I feel like it was more the community. Sure. And that was my community as I grew up. But then I got older and, I don't know, started listening more and was like not loving. The what? the God thing? The God thing. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> loving the whole God thing. So I kind of have been removed from the church for a long time. But, but that's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know, like... I never, I never, uh, was it ever pushed on you or did you, I mean, did, if you weren't really brought up with this idea of, you know, Jesus, but your mom kind of dug the the church thing and the singing and everything, wh- when did it start to, when did, it, what triggered you to be like annoyed by the idea of it? I just hated hearing about money all the time. It was a lot oh. of like tithes, 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 like. Oh, the tithing. Yeah. Was, yeah. So you saw the racket. I saw the racket. Yeah. yeah. And then when I went to college. Uh, me and some other girls who also grew up in churches were like, we should find a church and go together. Yeah. And we would church hop and we just couldn't find anything. And I also got in a fight with a deacon one day because he was like, you know, picking scripture to, that shows like women are are here to serve men and this and that. And I was like, is that really what you're getting from this? And and we had a disagreement. I was Where like, was this? This is in Virginia. This is at UVA. Huh. When I went to school there. But I was like, yeah, I don't think I need to do this anymore if I'm fighting with people. But what was the impulse to to sort of church hop? Because we were good little girls and we were uh, like, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Find we're a church? To, yeah. And then that just like, that mission ended and we that's, were like, let's go to the club. <laughs> that's interesting. So you get there and you're like, well, it, we're it, like freshman year kind of Yes. Deal. Yeah. You met a bunch of other yeah, people. Yeah. It was like, like I mean, I was very lucky. I still talk to these girls, but there's just like a group of black girls on my hall yeah. who we were all like. We grew up in church. We are smart. We're, I don't know, let's like hang out together and like do stuff together. And so, yeah, we tried to find churches and then didn't. And then we were like, we'll we'll just drink together and that'll be good too. (laughs) Sure. We have a community. (laughs) There's a few of us here. (laughs) So that's where you ended up in Virginia? Yeah, University of Virginia. Um, Where is that? Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm. How is that? It's a great place. It's nice. It's nice. I mean, I I had a great experience there. It it's like a mixed thing where it, I I thought Virginia was like east. I didn't think it was south, but yeah. it's very much the south. Yeah, it is. And yeah. that was the first time you felt like you yeah. go from the Midwest to the south. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I can't like I I don't know what's the black community in Indianapolis. There's it's a big? lot of there's a, there's a big black community. Yeah. It is kind of like 
or at least when I was growing up there, yeah. segregated. I mean, not like so much so that it was like rules that they're segregated, but there's like communities where it's black understood. people are here. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't most cities like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not like, yeah. Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> actually, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a disturbing but true thing. I mean, I was in Boston for years. Yeah. And you'd be in Boston, you're like, where are they hiding them? I know. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a trip because it's, you know, you think it's a liberal town, but it's only liberal in the sense that uh, there's so many college students there. Mm-hmm. But the actual structure of the thing, it's just the way it is. Yeah. I don't know how that changes. The only one that I ever felt was that I lived in, well, Atlanta is pretty well integrated, it feels. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Because, like, there's like, like in New York, too, to a degree as well. But I mean, New York is like, no one lives in New York. Everyone's got to come in to be. Right. Well, when I first moved to New York, I was in Prospect Park South. and I, In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. I was in Brooklyn the whole time. And, uh, oh, I don't know Brooklyn. Oh, well. Yeah. It's south of Prospect Park. And it's, uh, I, I remember like, I was in a very uh, Bangladeshi area. And then you'd like walk a few blocks and you'd, it'd be a very Hasidic Jew area. And then yeah. you'd walk a few blocks and then Love you're that. in Windsor Terrace. And it's yeah. like affluent, rich, white people in their cars and they have driveways. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy. But it, like, and it was nice that everything was so close, but it was very sectioned off. Yeah, but it's but it's block to block there. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't avoid everybody. No, that's like true. Yeah. Like, there are some cities where it's sort of like, where, you know, you're yeah, you far no away. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, I lived in Queens. It was crazy. Like, the, I loved the, the the sort of, like, element of, like, where's everyone from? Yeah. Where's this music coming yeah. from? Yeah. Like, there was, like, Egyptians on Steinway, and then there was some kind of Ukrainian bar. I don't even know what kind of Eastern European bar it was, and it annoyed me, but I was like, <laughs> what is that rhythm? You know, and it, I just, I, I enjoyed, and the Greeks, like, I like living out here just yeah. to get Armenian stink guy occasionally. It reminds <laughs> me of uh, New York. Just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. old people from an old country looking at you like you're the stranger yeah and that's nice you isn't know? it it's inviting reminds me of new york <laughs> yeah so when you were in college did you do uh did you do the the performing yeah i started doing musicals and then everyone around me was like auditioning for plays and stuff and i was like that seems fun so i yeah. started doing that and then like my second year i was like i think this is what i want to do I what think was I want- the moment that made that apparent i did for color girls who consider suicide when the rainbow is enough and it's a choreo poem, hmm. and it was all black female cast. What's a choreo poem? It's um, a poem with movement. So oh, like okay. we danced, right? And then the the way the words were structured wasn't necessarily like dialogue. Yeah. I, I guess they were more monologues, but it was poetry. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember the director Teresa Davis. She would send us out into the crowd after the show was done, and mm. we had to talk to the audience and. It was just nice to hear people say, like, I relate to this so much. And it was like old people, young people, white people, black people, like just all everyone were like, this was such a human experience. And even though I'm not a black woman, I I understand this feeling. Yeah. And I remember being like, I want to do that all the time. I just want to do something that connects to people in the moment. And so, yeah, I was like, I want to perform. Yeah, it's nice when something, it, when the piece is so powerful mm-hmm. and you get to be part of it as an actor. Yeah. You, you know, it's so rare, you know, because a lot of times, as you know, you know, and I, I didn't do a lot of acting when I was younger because I just couldn't wrap my brain around the process of 
of giving someone that much power over my life. Mm. Audition process, just a yes, fucking yeah. nightmare. It's not ideal. But uh, not ideal. That's very diplomatic. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah. But the fact that like if you have something amazing that you can perform. And and you get to live through that, mm-hmm. and then get the rewards from it. Be part of that collaboration. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And comedy. When did you start doing stand up? Um, well, I started doing improv in college. Um, there was an improv group that was longstanding from, I guess, longstanding from the nineties. <laughs> but uh, I, I auditioned for it, didn't make it, and then started my own group with some people. Um, Look at you, rebel. <laughs> yeah, fuck that old-timey improv group. Yeah, truly. We're the cutting edge. <laughs> and then um, uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater touring company came to UVA. And I Who was in that? Bobby Moynihan. Oh, yeah. Pretty sure Zach Woods was there. Uh-huh. Shannon O'Neill. I can't remember, but I remember being like, yeah. whoa. Yeah? Yeah. And I also, we had a Q&A after with them, and someone asked, like, how do you get a career in comedy? And Bobby was like... Moved to New York, work really hard, and yeah. and go to UCB. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after I graduated, I moved to New York, went to UCB immediately, like fell in love. I think my first show was a New Year's show, uh-huh. and Amy Poehler and Horatio Sands came out on stage, and I was like, this is what happens here mm-hmm. all the time? And yeah. So you were like an improv nerd. I was. That's uh, That's wild. I mean, because I, you know, I remember when they all came to New York. I remember mm-hmm. when they started it. Yeah. Before I remember, before they had the theater. Yeah. And then it just becomes there's this model, this like improv franchising model. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. So you took classes there. I took classes. Um, you became part of the place. I became part of the place. Yeah. I was just like, this feels good. These are my people. And uh, then I started performing there. I was on a Herald team. Well, actually, before I was on a Herald team, I was on a improv group with Nicole Byer and Keisha Zoller, and we like. Formed it because we didn't make Herald teams. We didn't make house teams. Another like. What does that mean? You got to audition for the Herald team? Yeah. To be on a regular house team, you have to audition. Yeah. And then they could say yes or no. Yeah. I got a no. Right. And I was like, well, then I'll From start. From who? Who's know. the boss? I don't. <laughs> there was <laughs> like multiple people. Well, Anthony King was the AD at the time, but he himself has like helped me immensely through my career. So That's nice. Um, I got a no at first, but then eventually got many yeses. I, mean, I know it happens. You just got to keep pressing on. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I wasn't trying to make trouble. <laughs> I'm not trying to make trouble in, by the, name. <laughs> uh, in the UCB world. <laughs> but that whole that whole scene was like, I'm, I come from stand-up, so, and I've talked about this before. I did, I'm not a, co- I was not a collaborator. Yeah. We, we are you know, lone wolves out in the world. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. My generation was, but oh, yeah, for but sure. okay. but it just seems like you you know the entire culture of new comedy is all from sketch. Yeah, and it's all from improv. Yeah, you know, the stand up thing. The let's build the show around the stand up thing doesn't. Really it, I, yeah, that doesn't happen Old anymore. Model. Yeah, but I did. I kind of did everything at the same time. I moved to New York in two thousand nine and was yeah. doing improv classes, and then shortly after started doing stand up and sketch. Yeah. Um. But I do feel like stand-up, I I loved the community I came up in because I do feel like, even though it is a solitary art form, people will help you. Like, people will be like... Sure. Well, that well, you grew up in the time of, like, comic-produced shows. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's totally different. Yeah. Because everyone's sort of like, it'll be fun, bring people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a, we found a bathroom in a basement. Exactly. We're doing a show. Let's Laundromat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. on a roof. Bring yeah. people. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I was coming up, it was like the comedy club has one or two nights where yeah. you got to go hammer it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not complaining. I, I did my share of all those other shows once the once I evolved with the medium. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll do the alt rooms. I know what they, I helped start one of the bigger ones in New York, but I never thought of myself as like an alt comic. But I watched some of your stand up. Okay. You seem to know what you're doing. Hey, thanks. And it was funny. <laughs> Thanks. But I'm usually I'm, I'm resentful of uh, <laughs> you young ones coming up <laughs> through the improv and not paying your dues properly. Yeah. I think it helped that I did it all at the same time. Yeah. And I feel like each thing influenced the other thing. Like, I feel like my improv helped my stand-up, like, sure. helped me, like, loosen it up. And I helped my, I feel like my stand-up helped my improv and sketch, like, as far as writing and, like, editing, oh, yeah? self-editing as I'm going. Well, who else was, like, who was, a, were, like, who was around then? Who's, like, your class? Of people mm. like you're younger than Mulaney and those guys, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, Kroll and them. That was like in between the original and me, I guess. What what were who were some of the people other than Nicole? Who were anyone that people? I know that we know? Michael Che. Oh yeah, John Carmichael. Uh, che was at UCB. He wasn't at UCB. Oh, I guess we're talking about yeah, just stand-up. either way. Yeah, yeah. Um, at UCB. Um. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean. Who surfaced? It's hard to Who surfaced? I don't know. Who made it out? (laughs) I know. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. And like, as you get older, you'll continue to wonder like, oh, what happened? And then you'll see them on a weird show and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the stand-up thing, it was never something that you were like, I'm going to do this for a living. Was it? Or Yeah, it, uh, it, shortly after I started, I was like, I love this. I want to keep doing it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I can't remember when I decided I wanted to do it as a, a living, but I just... You did decide that. You wanted to. You're yeah. Because like, you did a special? How many, how many I did, did a special. I did one special yeah. called Pizza Mind. Uh, it came out in 2017. Yeah. Um, But yeah. On where? Netflix? It was on CISO. That, CISO. That is now defunct. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But Could you get it back? Uh, or is it gone for good? It's not gone for good. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, good. There you go. And I think the LOL Network. Yeah. It's. I kind of got a raw deal, so it's in a lot of places that I didn't have control over. But right, but it puts you out there. It's out. It's out there. You know, People can like, watch it. Yeah, it's not like you know. I, with specials, it's sort of weird. It's you, you, you know they usually they have a shelf life. I don't know how topical the whole thing was, but it seemed like yeah. some of it was pretty general. Could have survived. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's actually like. I haven't watched it recently, but yeah. I still have people who watch it and they're like, "Yeah, this still applies of now." Because yeah. I'm like talking about. Being a black woman in America and race and gender and stuff like that. Sadly, doesn't that doesn't change? It's kind of evergreen. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a slow turn. Yeah, yeah. But that was. But you seem to be more involved with. Well, I mean, I want to sort of get a little bit uh, with SNL thing. Yeah. Because that was one of the things that was so. It was such an odd time because you were the one. Yeah. <laughs> you and Leslie were like, you're it. Yeah. And there was so much attention on this idea of them reacting to, uh, you know, decades of, of sort of a non-diversification yeah, yeah, yeah. within the system. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get called out and you're like, we got two. Yeah. And you're one. Yeah. But they followed you through the whole process. They did. Yeah. This was a. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's interesting. I was like SNL, Anthony, Anthony King, actually, the AD of UCB. Yeah. Contacted SNL. 
um, maybe in 2011 or something, because my my improv group with two other black women, we were crushing it at yeah. the theater. So he was like, "You guys you should see this. You should right. see this." Yeah. Um, and Lindsay shook us, came to see a show, and told us we should send tapes. And so we like we had been sending tapes and auditioning and doing showcases for a couple years at this point. And then to and, them. To them, to, to SNL. So yeah. they've already had your tape. Yeah. Oh. They, they already knew that, who I was. So wait, that was sort of part of the, you know, that was what you were taught, like, to, I mean, that was, like, part of UCB. Like, I never really heard that before. You had you had solicited or sent tapes before to SNL. Yeah, yeah. You, like, every year kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I think that was, like, this is a possibility. This is, like. This, this is how you do it. This is kind of how you do it. Yeah, they scout you. They know who you are. They're, like, please send a tape. They like the tape. Uh, you do these showcases where you perform live in front of an audience and Lauren and some of the producers, if they like that. I did that with comedy. Yeah. But I didn't, like, I never, like, sent tapes or anything before. Yeah. Yeah, like huh. a character reel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who'd you do? Um, I can't remember. I know I did a really dumb one. Uh, Angela Bassett Hound, where she was a, it was Angela Bassett as a dog. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Really stupid. (laughs) Um, I know I did all of Destiny's Child, like talking to each other. Uh Um, I think I did Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Um, This is on your first character reel? That wasn't my first character reel. And I don't like, it's also gone. The first character reel is gone because the guy who recorded it like deleted the footage because he's like, I don't need it anymore. And I was like, what? (laughs) What what are you thinking? You didn't have a copy? I don't. I didn't have a copy. Isn't that weird? These people, like you know, you sort of like they just do these things, and it's on their computer, and then it's not. And then it's not, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess it's, gone. it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they come. So what? What is the timing of the thing? They came to see you with came, the with the troop. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was maybe 2011, yeah. and then the next year, more showcases, and then the next year, and I remember, I think it was like 2013. I was like, I'm gonna give this. A really good shot. I'm gonna like tr- actually because I feel like I was very green before. Yeah, and and I still was. But then, well, but you're was, only a couple. You're only a few years in. Yeah, truly. I mean, 2009, you got there. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but I was like, I'm gonna give it a really good shot, and if nothing comes of it, I think I'm I think I'm good on auditioning. And then uh, and also I wanted to move to L. A. at that point. So you had a, a, enough of. Uh, it seems like you were you know well parented and have a good sense of self that you were not. <laughs> You know, hanging your entire hopes and dreams on it seems very yeah. practical to be able to be like, all right, yeah, yeah. thanks, um, yeah, because I wanted it. Right. I, I I enjoyed SNL. I, that was like a goal of mine when I was younger. I watched it and and Mad TV and was like, oh my god, how do these people get here? Like, this is so cool. But then, like, that was the end of the thought. But then right. when I moved to New York and was like, whoa, it's a possibility. I was like, yeah, yeah I want this. But then, but I also was like, there are also other jobs yeah. and. Huh. Uh, so you always knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But like knew it as in like, I love this. I love comedy, but didn't know how anyone got to do it. Right. But once you spend enough time at UCB, you start to realize like, you know, you, I can write, I can act. Yeah. There's another world out there. It's not all SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, um, but also still very much wanted it. Yeah. And so I, I put together a tape sent it to my managers for notes and he was like actually this is like the end of th- 2013 he was like they are currently looking for black women i need to send them t- this to them right in a now. panic in a panic <laughs> truly <laughs> like oh god there's an alert <laughs> um everyone needs to send the black women to them right now yeah uh and so 
Yes, they sent the tape in, and then they did a showcase in L.A. and in New York. And it was it all went very fast. And, just, and it was also very different from... It was a reaction. It was a reaction, yeah, because yeah. they got called out for not having a black woman for years. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, there was kind of a, a frenzy yeah. about it. And, and yes, they, the media was very much involved Who's with the whole get process. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird, because, like... like uh, they they listed people. They yeah. list people's names. Right. And be like they're going into the studio to test on Monday, That's and then crazy. I'm getting all these texts on Monday, being like, "Good luck, break a leg," and I'm like, "You shouldn't even know about Absolutely. this." Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, it SNL had to be leaking that. Maybe I don't. I have I, no I, idea. I, but, I mean, they, it was yeah. part of the. I I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm not. To, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I really it don't doesn't know. matter. They but knew. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. And I yeah. kind of like you know my anxiety was spiraling, and I kind of didn't leave my house for a while because I was like, I just don't want to talk to people. Right. Everywhere I went, people were like, Well, what's what's the process now? What's yeah, Lauren like? What's this one? Focus. Yeah. Where usually when people audition. They kind of have the luxury of doing it in private. Yeah. Like if they get it, awesome, great, right. it's a surprise. If not, no one knows. But or, yeah, now like you, you, no matter what happens, everyone's going to know. Everyone, truly, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It was it was a bit maddening. And I remember I actually had a, an apartment lined up in L.A. at that really? end of the year. Yeah. So your plan, you were ready to go. Oh, what I was, was your plan I out had, here? Just to act? To act? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, was, I had all my goodbye shows. I passed my variety show to somebody else. I was like, I'm gone. But then this process was still happening, and I was like, I don't really know what to do. Did you have representation? And everything you were kind I of did. ready to go. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, you weren't coming out here totally blind. And, no. Yeah. 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 No. Um, and then, yeah. And then I I tested. Yeah. And I remember. I mean, in the studio. In the studio. Yeah. Uh, I actually went after Leslie because I could hear her. I was in the yeah. hallway. <laughs> that's a she. That's that's a lot to follow. True. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> a tough act to follow. <laughs> uh, and then you know everyone was dying in there. And um, I remember Chris Kelly, the stage manager, was in the hallway with me, yeah. and he was like, you know, we have to look forward. We had to look at the camera, but all the people who are watching are on the side of yeah, the stage. Just, which is make crazy. it as hard as possible. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what obstacles can we give you? Yeah. But he was like, um, if you ever get nervous, look at me and I'll be laughing. I'll be smiling. Yeah. And that, and then I was on stage and I looked at him and he was just the best audience member ever. Aww. And uh, and I, it was like one of those moments where I was like, I did the best I could do. Like, oh, that, yeah. that was like, you I knew. I knew. I left oh, and I was like, that was. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if they don't want it, then they don't want it. They, you that's know, right. It's clearly. I'm, I'm not it. Yeah. 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 But I was like, I know I did the best I ever yeah. did anything. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and, and we'll see what happens. And then. Yeah, and then I and then I got the call from Lauren. It was crazy. Um, and then the next call I got was from the publicist, being like, "Hey, if anyone contacts you, no comment." And I was like, "Okay, weird." Yeah. And then the next call I got was from like CNN. Right. And I was like, "How the fuck did you get my phone number?" <laughs> um, but yeah, they and were you're all like, over no it. No comment. Yeah, I was like, "No comment." I was already told not to say anything. And they're like, yeah. "Fuck!" And then they hung up the yeah, phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've just become part of uh, the, the they. SNL will manage all messaging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Like, I mean, Lauren was great that he he like pulled me into his office yeah. at one point to be like, we've never had a cast member who had this much media attention around them before yeah, right. they got on the show. And then with during, you. with me. Yeah. And uh, he's like, kind of like, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? And I had such like, rose-colored glasses at the time. I was like, I'm fine. It's great. This is awesome. Like, what? what's there to complain about? Yeah. And, you know, later, it's like, 
anxiety and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. What, but, how did that start to unfold? Um, I think I just like, I mean. The anxiety though. Like, so like all this attention. So that's interesting because did Leslie get it as well? Or were you, you feel well, like she you got were... hired as a writer. I got I got first got hired as a oh, cast member. So I was okay. the black right. cast right. You were it. Right. <laughs> and then they and then Leslie got hired as a writer and then the next season they made her a, a cast member. Um which is great because I didn't want to be the only one. When did you but when did it start to feel what, what how did it unfold in terms of you starting to, you know, see yourself differently in relation to the show? Like, you know, because I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about that show yeah. and about the experience. And I know that for a lot of people, it's competitive and difficult and horrible. And for some people, you know, the people that are, I don't know what determines how someone handles that process. But uh, but what was your experience? How did it start to chip away at you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it was a lot. And I think, I don't think it was really the show that yeah. was chipping away i think it was really the media stuff and i from the beginning from the beginning mm. and it was it was just very strange like i i think i just developed a distrust of the press yeah people like but it, it never let up like they were they, like once it started to go on then they were like when's she gonna be on how come they're not using yeah, her more really never it- let up like i i mean one very clear story of like where this distrust started was uh that when they made uh, when they put Michael Che uh-huh. on the update desk, yeah, uh, I get a phone call. I'm out to dinner from the publicist from the SNL publicist who's like, "Hey, Page Six wants to print an article saying that you were overheard at a restaurant, like dissing the decision that Michael Che should be on the update desk, like that you don't like the fact that there's two men on the update desk it should be two women and this and that and i was like well i know that's not true because i don't think that <laughs> i did yeah. that wasn't even a thought in my head it's unfortunate because it's like someone could have overheard me talking about the show yeah. in a restaurant sure but i definitely didn't say that right and i was like well that's not true and she's like well they're printing it anyway and i was like they can do that they can just print so they called to fact check and i'm telling you the facts are not true and they're still going to wow. print it and they're like yeah Oh, so what happened with that? Did the, Shay get mad? No, thankfully we you know, we all talked and they get it. They everyone's yeah. like, yeah, people print fake stuff all the time. It's like uh, we know that's not you. Um, and so it's terrible. It was terrible. But then, like a happy memory from that, um, there there was some party that SNL was hosting, and that writer who printed that was at the party. Yeah, I mean, bold move. Right, uh, and. I was talking to Cecily and Shay at the bar, and we recognized the guy, and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe he's here. And Shay called him over and pretended like he didn't know him at all. Yeah. And was like, hey man, like let's take a shot. And he's like, what do you do? And the guy's like, oh, I'm a writer. And he's like, that's crazy. I'm a writer too. I write for SNL. Like, What, what kind of stuff do you write about? And he's like, uh, I write about... SNL and celebs and Uh things like that. He's like, really? That's nuts. You know, some people write really crazy shit about us, like lies sometimes, and it's it's not good. And then the guy's like, you know who I am? You know I wrote the article. And she was like, oh, yeah, I think I do recognize you. You know what? Uh, We're a family, and when you write things that, like, conflict with what our energy is yeah. it's not good for us so right. maybe don't do that anymore and he just like <laughs> took the shot and walked away and I was like yes <laughs> yay <laughs> uh, and he went on and did it anyway he did it it didn't matter it didn't like stop his career or his journey but it just felt they're it was the a, fucking worst man yeah parasites they are they're 
vultures. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's only gotten worse. Yeah, definitely. Now it's all of it. Yeah. So that's the media thing, but what was going on, you know, in terms of the work? As far as the, as the work, I mean, I feel like I went through waves of trying to figure out the show. Um, like trying to align yourself with writers and stuff like that. Totally. Right. Yeah, trying to find writers to glob onto, yeah. trying to write by myself, trying right. to write things that have like worked on the show before, trying to write things that are totally different than what the show likes, mm. trying to, you know, I just tried everything. Yeah. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But I think eventually it, it didn't take too long where I was like, oh, you know what? Not, nothing makes sense here. And that's kind of freeing. Like, there's no formula that I could figure out anyway, where it's like, oh, if you always do this, this works. Or if you always talk to this person, it works. Like, and then there'd be weeks where it's like, I feel isolated or I feel lonely or I feel like none of my shit's working. But then I'm like, oh, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. There's like so many people here all dealing with their own shit individually that's like, no one's thinking about me, and that's okay. So you didn't feel that there was, you know, some sort of system in place, or that there was some, uh, even if it wasn't a system, could you sense that like some people were being pushed forward and some people were being left behind? Yeah, for reasons that seemed either unfair or 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 uh, like just they, obviously it's not it it's not spontaneous. No, but it's not. I don't. I don't think it was like people were being pushed for unfair reasons sometimes it's easier like it's like who can do this impression kate all right who can do this song cecily like you know it's just like sure there's like off the top of the dome right right as opposed to like how can we utilize this new person that we don't know what she can do yet right but i mean it goes on for a while right you were there for how long three and a half years four seasons you know and, and at some point you're like whoa this is not you know, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a, they're they're never going to use the new person to her full degree of talent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was. I mean, I went into my last season being like, I think this will be my last season. I was pretty confident. Your decision. That. Yeah. And did you did you talk to Lauren about that? I did. Yeah, um, I talked to him a couple times to be like, this is not working, and he, what can we do? Like, yeah. I was trying to find solutions. Uh huh. And he was too, and was like, well, let's figure something out, which we didn't really. But, you know, he, he was always supportive. He wanted me there, which was a good feeling. Right. Like, yeah. he also likes sure, me and thinks I'm talented and, you know, wanted but me how there. How does but... that not translate into more opportunity on the show? Well, there's a lot of factors. It's not just, you know, there's Lauren. Yeah, sure. And then there's also, like, what does the show need that week? Right. What are right, we talking right. about what that week? What are the week? bits? Right. Yeah. yeah what is yeah, the yeah. host like? What is yeah, yeah. what what did what did we do last week that we wanted to get to that we need to do this week? There's like so many other factors that you know. It's not just well, I like you and you're good and sure. you should be on the show. But you never at, at any point started to feel like you know I'm not funny enough or oh I definitely not... felt that way. Oh, you did. Yeah, mm. but I think I think everybody goes through that at some right. point in time where you're like. Wow, maybe my maybe I thought I was funny, and, and then I got here and I realized I'm not, or I'm I never was. I'm not talented, but um, yeah, you know, it shakes your confidence sure. after a while. Yeah, and that and after like how much of that do you need? I mean, yeah. that, that that struggle of something that plays on your insecurities, you know, over a period of time, which we all have. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you come to sort of like a, some sort of like crossroads where you're sort of like. This isn't going to get any better, and it, it could diminish my my sense of self if I don't, you know, rise above this. Yeah, I think that's what it really came down to. Because I was like, I don't think my mental health is 
worth staying here. Like I think I think I I'm choosing me. I'm choosing right, to take right. care of myself. I could have stayed the whole seven year contract probably, but yeah. I don't know if I would have felt good. And and yeah, but also like that. I mean, that's sort of the fascinating thing about your particular story within it is that well, how did it? How did you leave? Did you say Lauren was sort of like okay? I understand. You can go. Um, <laughs> I I went to him towards the end of the season and quit. And you know, I had a life coach at the time that was really prepping me on this and like trying to help me with the words because it was very intimidating to like to go into Lauren's office to go into Lauren's office. Period. And yeah. then also tell them I don't want to be on your show. Um, but have, they have life coaches that specifically deal with <laughs> quitting. I mean, you know, it it's like leaving a relationship. Sure. So, yeah. And did you hire the life coach for that? No, no, no. I already I already had her for other stuff, wow. but that that is what we were working on at the uh-huh. time. And we you know, we worked on other things before that, too. Yeah. We worked on like how to like communicate my ideas to the writers room, how to like, you know, gel with people is as a team and then and then it shifted to how do I leave? How do you find this life coach? Um, her name is Betsy Capes. She I, she actually is she like a world famous life coach for uh, coaching she, people. She's she's a uh, kind of a famous coach for like artists. Oh. She's she understands the entertainment industry and works with a lot of people who New York person. Yeah, that's so funny because like back in my day there was a therapist that yeah. used to work with comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah there like, still is. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> same guy. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah. So she was. So what? How, how did she advise you? Did you cry? I did not cry. Good for you. <laughs> God damn, that's a good story already. <laughs> um, I think I just kind of, I mean, honestly, um, I don't know if this happens to you. Sometimes my, I feel like my system gets so overwhelmed that I black out and I don't really know what's happening in the I, moment. I, 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 it happens like weekly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so I don't really know what I said. I cannot remember the actual conversation. I remember the feelings. I remember what it looks like, but I don't really remember. Was it just you and him? Yeah. Mm. And we were in his office. And it was actually, I think, uh, before dress rehearsal or something. It was like I couldn't really catch him on a day that felt easy. Of course, it was like it's a rushed conversation. So you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But you didn't quite know exactly when. Yeah, because I like, you know, I asked his assistants, can I get yeah, yeah. a moment with Lauren? And like, sure, we'll get back to you as to when. And right. then I get a text like he's available now. And I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? I'm uh, getting my makeup done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we spoke and I, I think I was just kind of like, you know, we tried and I tried really, really hard. And I loved my experience here, but I I don't think I can continue. And and he understood what I was saying, and it felt good. It felt like yeah. a good conversation. And then I remember leaving the room, and he like pats me on the shoulder, and he's like, "Well, let me know what you decide." Uh, and I was like, "I did. I just did. I just did." <laughs> he, I was like, "What? What's happening? <laughs> I just, I just did. Please don't make me come back and quit again." Um, that's interesting. Is, and I was like, "Is this a tactic? I can't tell. Was I not very clear?" Definitely, definitely a tactic. Um, but then uh, our last week of the show, that they, they at the table read, or usually there's like a, a fake sketch to say goodbye to anyone who's leaving, right? Um, and usually, and Colin Joseph was usually the one to write that. And so he asked me, he was like, I heard you quit. Um, do you want me to include you in the sketch? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Cause I'm not quite sure that Lauren knows I'm leaving. Like it feels like I have to quit again, but, yeah. I, was, but I was like, yeah, put it, put me in the sketch. So I feel like maybe that was when he knew that I was leaving. Cause 
we're reading the sketch and we're saying goodbye to Vanessa. We're saying bye to Bobby. And then we say bye to me. And those are all the people that were leaving at the end of that season. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, you know, we're, we're crying and stuff. And I think that's how a lot of people were like, Oh shit, she's actually leaving. Mm. And yeah, that was, and that was it. Yeah. Because I, I mean, there, it's some sort of like, usually when somebody, if you would have stayed the entire seven years mm-hmm. and it would have kept going the way that it was going, uh, it would have been difficult for you to move on. Yeah. And and the fact that you left after three and a half, four years uh, of your own choosing, and then you had to sort of reinvent your approach to show business on your own without having that cachet. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird... I mean, I think the foresight of it was, if I stay here the full contract and it keeps going like this, I'll I'll be... You know, kind of like uh, exiled to obscurity in a way. Yeah. Right. So if you quit after three and a half years because you want to do something else and you have that much belief in yourself, I mean, that must have been pretty scary. Yeah, it was, but also it felt really good. It felt it was like I and and I think to some people it looked like oh she must have other stuff going on. I did not. <laughs> I did, right. I didn't have a plan. I just was like, I just know I can't be here anymore. But you also realize that, like, you know, the people that launch out of SNL, it becomes pretty apparent, you know, all, I don't know how, you know, when, mm-hmm. but you sort of know. Yeah. Right. Who's going to, like, you know, be, you know, shot out of the cannon yeah. and be huge. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's sort of what that show does for, sure. for certain people. And I, I know, don't know that I ever thought about it like this before, but there's plenty of people that are sitting there going like, I don't know if I'm going to have my turn in the canon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of people on that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was number 17 when I was hired. It's a, it's a fat cast. Wow. So what were you, you just came out here or what'd you do? I stayed in New York for a little while longer. Um, and then I just started... I mean, then I started getting roles. I shot a, a show on Comedy Central called Robbie with Rory Scovel. Oh, yeah. Um, that was in the last OG for a bit. Um, so how'd you like working with him? Uh, I also... <laughs> he, he's great. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a little nutty. He's nutty. Tracy's amazing. I mean, he also like... There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> but I think there was also like some like SNL alum love there that I really love and appreciate. And also I remember when he um dropped by the show, um, he was in my office and he he was like he gave me one of the best pieces of advice. I, I don't even think I asked for it, but he was saying something like, uh, you can't ask for permission here anymore. Don't ask, like you got the job, don't ask for permission here, like start start showing your teeth. And that did kind of shift me. I do. I do feel like uh, I showed my teeth in different ways because by the time I left, I, I think also because I knew I was leaving, I didn't feel like small. Yeah. I, I wasn't like right. Oh, maybe I should ask for this. I would just be like, I want this. This is not happening. You know, I would just be clear. Sometimes it didn't always work, but yeah. um, sometimes it would. Like I had a a nice win where I wrote a Mother's Day sketch with Sudi Green and Julio Torres called The Cut, and it was about when moms cut their hair short, where it's like yeah. short on the sides and spiking on the top. Yeah. It's like typical mom cut. Um, that's when they know they're a mom. And uh, and it's kind of like a horror sketch, but we wrote it and there were like so many Mother's Day sketches already. And yeah. one of the producers came into the office and was like, we don't have time to read this one, so we're not, we're going to bump it. And I was like, I think we should really read it. 
And she's like, okay. I don't, I don't even know how I phrase it, but yeah. I convinced her to read it. Yeah. We did read it. Lauren loved it. It got in the show. He had called it a perfect sketch. And I was like, it went from not even, almost not being read at all mm. to now it's like one of the best sketches of that night. Yeah. And because I said, no, thank you. I'd like to read it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Nice things like that happen. That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems to me that not unlike your audition, that you feel like you did everything you could do. I do feel that way. Yeah. And that, you know, it's not for any shortcoming of yours. Yeah. That shit did not work out. Yeah. And also like, and also sometimes shit doesn't work out. Like I've dated really nice, good people, (laughs) you know, perfectly good on paper people and it didn't work out. So it's like, this show's great. I'm great. And sometimes the combination doesn't work for whatever reason. And I'm like so glad I was there. And I'm also so glad for everything that happened because I do feel like I left like, a better writer, a better communicator, a stronger person. I feel like I can do literally anything. Like I, you know. Well, it seems like you do do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of things, yeah. I mean, and that, like, I think that if you think about spending the other two and a half or three years there, which would mean you really only had time to do the one thing, mm-hmm. it probably would have been a different outcome. Yeah. So you just started booking roles pretty quickly. Yeah. I got um an NBC pilot. And the more things started pulling me to L.A. So then, yeah. I, then I was like, OK, I'll move to L.A. And then, yeah, yeah great and things. You, and you've been here since? I've been here since. Yeah. And it seems like you're pretty well integrated into the world of comedy yeah. around here. Yeah, I'd say so. Still doing stand up. Um, Do you? Yeah. Where? Um, the improv. I don't know. Random alt spaces. But yeah, um, yeah well, definitely not as much stuff? as I used to. Yeah. I haven't written new stuff in a while, but it's yeah. like, I think it's my pandemic brain. Like I couldn't, I re- truly thought nothing was funny for a year. How long have you been doing the podcast? Um, I think like two years. Yeah. Mm. And it's going well. It's going well. Yeah. People like it. I like it. We were doing live shows at Largo for a minute. That was really fun. Oh yeah. I just did a show over there. I, yeah, the, it's, I like Largo. Yeah, me too. Uh, how did the live shows go? They were great. Um, you know, it's just like us. It's an amazing business to, to, to that we can get away with that if we want I to. I know. Just to like Sit talk to your talk friend and, and people, people like it. It's crazy. Yeah. Actually, talking about a lifestyle podcast yeah. from earlier, uh, Nicole texted me a screenshot of a, of a Reddit post because at some point in time during the podcast, I think I went on a rant about how women need to like look at their pussies and I talk about this in my act as well just like look look at yourself yeah, like sure. we, we've been told for so long this is like a secret spot no one wants to look at it yeah. but we gotta look at it it's yeah. yours Yeah. and this woman looked at it and like found a precancerous like growth <laughs> but like wouldn't have if she didn't wow. just like like actually get down there and look at it you inspired her to I, we to, saved somebody's life <laughs> yeah just by telling her to look at their pussy yeah yeah now I feel like yeah I mean, I, that's very proactive. I mean, maybe I should tell people to look at the <laughs> I mean, but actually, yes. <laughs> well, it's weird that you don't, like, how much can you look at? I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with my, my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, like, to know what I have what more it... time than most people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I think just to know it. Sure. So familiar. that when something's different, you yeah, know. Yeah, you could at least say that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have two now. When did that happen? <laughs> I should get this checked out. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> but what, now, when did, uh, because it seems like as with the stand-up and I, I don't know, maybe I'm connecting things, but mm-hmm. what was this this uh, role that you were asked to 
uh, engaging with the ACLU? Oh, um, that was kind of because of stand-up. I think people from the ACLU heard my material uh-huh. and were like, oh, this kind of aligns with the stuff that we're doing. And I, I work with the Women's Rights Project. So it's a lot of talking about women's issues and what needs to be done to like maintain our rights in this country. How'd and, they reach out to you? Um, That's a good question. Maybe they, I think someone just emailed me. Yeah. Um, And they were like, we like your stuff. Will you like kind of be a mouthpiece for us? And I was like, yeah, totally. And it kind of felt like an honor to be asked. And I, I've written sketches for them, essays, and really? got, like, spoke on different events. So it's just a nice way that I can kind of bring humor and break things down for them. And because they're like, they have a lot of law jargon going on. Sure. So I can like make it more digestible. Yeah. And then also they give me information that I can put into my material to give to my audience too, where I'm like, oh, this is what's happening right now. Like we should sure. be talking about this. You can be, yeah, educated. Yeah. And up to speed. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, uh, I thank God for the, ASL, the ACLU. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my God. I don't know where the hell we would be without them over the last four years. Yeah. Like I give only give to a few different charities. It's definitely one of them. Yeah. And one of them is a, a tiger rescue in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's also important. I love tigers. <laughs> Big cats. Big cats. I they, have one right here. Oh, yeah. A tattoo on my Have arm. you been over there? To... There's a North Carolina. I'm pretty sure it's in North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I go there whenever I'm in Raleigh. No, it's a, it. What they do is like a lot of people. Like, there's not laws that say you can't buy big cats. I know. So people buy them when they're little, and then all of a sudden they've got full size tigers. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Yeah. Well, this place gets those. Oh, good. And they just have all these cats that are just hanging around. All different kinds of big cats. They they save them from roadside attractions too. Oh, good. You know, like like these like horrible little zoos. Yeah. And, and people just don't know what they're getting into. I don't. I don't yeah. understand people. Have you I been generally... to? Do you know what South of the Border is? No. It's like a roadside attraction. It's a. I pass it all the time when we're taking road trips when I was younger, and they'd be these huge billboards. I'd be like, "Kids, tell your parents you want to go to South of the Border." And then I was on a road trip. Yeah. During the pandemic, actually. Um, really recently. Recently, yeah, and we would pass through South Carolina. I was like, "Oh my god, I've always wanted to see this thing. Like, it's it just seems so weird. We got to go." And we and it's on the border of um, South Carolina and North Carolina, yeah. so it's south of the border. And uh, they had this reptile terrarium or whatever you call it, and like everything looked so sick and sad, oh. like just these alligators and this like too small tank and these snakes. And yeah. I was like, why is this here? Who checks yeah. on this? Is this okay? Yeah, um, it's not. It's not. No, it's not like they have a zookeeper. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's some teenager that just like throws yeah, meat just, in there. It's sad. Yeah. So what's going on with the uh, with the ABC show? Uh, Home Economics. Yeah. We're shooting right now. We're shooting the second season right now. We shot the first season earlier this year. We're moving very fast. Um, a premiere is September 22nd. But yeah, it's a fun family comedy. And so you're busy. I'm busy, yeah. And I, I, yeah, shooting, the, shooting that now. I just shot Woke Season 2. Is your did they expand your role in woke? Are you in all yeah, of them? Yeah, oh, I am. Yeah, um, it's very exciting. It's like uh, I think the first season was really analyzing the main character's journey on becoming woke right. and seeing more of what the world is. Yeah, and now I feel like we're analyzing how there's no right way to be woke and and like everyone's ideology and how they how how they kind of present information or receive information in the world doesn't necessarily mean it's better than a different version or or yeah right better or, or even yeah real yeah yeah 
<laughs> I think it's cool. I think I'm really excited for the season. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then you got the podcast. Yeah. You're okay. Well, that's great. Now, wait, I saw a bit you did about working at Disney World. Did you really work there? I did. Yeah. I was a. Uh, uh, in Florida? In Florida, Disney World. I was doing the Disney College program. So I what? was a character performer. I walked on stilts. I did puppets. When was this? This was in 2007 when I was still in college. So it was like a semester and a summer. This was a, like you signed up for the Disney, what is it College called? program, yeah. It was a- what, was, what, what were you thinking when you did that? <laughs> I mean, like what did you think you would get out of that? I think I wanted some sort of like, I guess- study abroad internship program but it's not really abroad I know. Or Atlanta, <laughs> I know. Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. I know I, just, I don't know I just saw it and was like that looks cool and I do like Disney but it was a really fun experience and um, and I think it was also a way for me to be like oh I can work and perform I, I just like felt like something different than school so you learned how to be on stilts I did mm-hmm. yeah um, I, I still have a pair of stilts in my closet that I haven't been on in years but yeah, yeah. They teach you how to walk on stilts. For what? For what reason? Just to have for the parade. Oh, I was in Mickey's Jam and Jungle Parade on stilts. On stilts. And you were also in a suit. Yeah, I would be a lizard yeah. or, or a porcupine, which no one liked that costume. No, was, and no other big characters. I was friends with. That's what you're supposed to say. So because <laughs> you can't be like I was Pluto because Pluto is Pluto. Oh. But I was friends with Pluto. Um, <laughs> oh no. I'm glad you're still honoring the protocol, <laughs> the Disney protocol. Well, I still work for Disney. I still work for ABC. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not, But you're in uh, a different, co- you're friends with, who's your character? On, <laughs> well, I'm friends oh, with my- Denise now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Um, yeah. So you were, you were wearing the head. I was wearing the head. Pluto was fun. Um because kids love Pluto. Because it's a big old dog. Yeah. And yeah. they'd be like, you remind me of my dog. Oh. And I'd be like, You're, I'm on two legs, though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah, six yeah. feet tall. Like, uh, there's no way I remind you of your dog. You like kids? Like, I like kids all right. Yeah. They're okay. They're okay. Yeah, I guess it's okay to be a, yeah. To, you're in a puppet. But I would it would be bad if you were in the puppet and you didn't really like kids. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. liked entertaining the kids. And also I interact with them just like for a second. Sure. And then they look so happy and then they run off and go with their parent. And I don't uh, have to see them again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you. Yeah, it was great talking to you too. Um, what happens now? Are you going to go eat? I guess so, yeah. I haven't really eaten anything today. <laughs> I don't think I did either. I worked out though. Did oh. you work out? What do you do in the morning? It really varies. I worked out yesterday morning. Yeah. This morning I took uh, took a COVID test because I for work. Oh yeah. And then I meditated. At home you took the COVID test. They sent no, somebody I had to over? go. No, I had to go to the set, which is maybe fine. I'll take one today. Yeah. I have them. Oh, per- oh, nice. <laughs> got a bunch of boxes of them. Yeah. The problem is like, like because I go on the road, so I just want to make sure I'm not the guy. Right. Spreading it. Right, you know? right, right. And I'll, I'll take when I get back. But I'm also like, I never feel great mm-hmm. ever. So, like, <laughs> so like it's kind of random. This be it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many I'm going to go through. I yeah. really have to you know, manage them. Yeah. I'll do it like set. What do you do every three days? Yes. Okay. Or every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when we do it. So you got a negative test today. And uh, yeah. so that's, that's fun. So I'm in the clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. That was Sashir Zameda. Watch her on the ABC show Home Economics, the Hulu show Woke, and uh, listen to her podcast, uh, Best Friends with Nicole Byer. 
Uh, I Here's some tour dates. I will be at Helium in St. Louis, September 16, 17, and 18. I believe there are some tickets there, St. Louis. I will be at the Neptune Theater in Seattle, Washington on September 22nd. I will be at the Aladdin Theater uh, on September 24th. Two shows. I believe the 7 p.m. show is sold out. Tickets, I believe, available for the 10 p.m. show. The Comedy Attic in Bloomington, uh, September 30th, October 1st and 2nd, I believe is sold out. Sorry. Dynasty Typewriter, October 4th, uh, 8 p.m. I don't know if that's sold out. Dynasty Typewriter, October 10th, um, 8 p.m. That's probably not sold out. New York City, the uh, New York Comedy Festival at Town Hall, November 13th. And there's also a Largo date uh, somewhere in there. I'll get that to you later. Uh, Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all of the tickets for the upcoming dates. And now I'll play some guitar with you. Dirty guitar with you, to you, through a, a phase shifter. Monkey, La Fonda, Cat Angels everywhere, yeah. 